0: Alexander Graham Bell was a genius inventor who gave us the telephone. Or did he? I'm Patty Steele, The Stolen Invention, next on The Backstory. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Well, if we're being honest, we all have stuff in our lives that drive us crazy. Maybe it's a job, a difficult relationship, or love interest. Or honestly, it can just be the state of this crazy world we live in. For me, it's all three of those things at times. A lot of times it's not a big deal, but in the moment, it sure feels like it is, right? So how do you come to terms with those stressors and not let the negativity weigh you down? For me, therapy has always been a haven where I can open up, talk about what's eating at me, and trust that this person will be honest, understanding, and discreet. Therapy isn't just for folks who've had major trauma. It's for you and me so we can be at peace and become the best version of ourselves. When I connected with a terrific therapist at BetterHelp, she asked some on-point questions, and I actually heard myself working through some of the issues I'd kept bottled up. What a relief. Sure, we like to think about iconic inventors as kind of stand-up folks who had a brilliant idea, then figured out a way to develop it, market it, and then sell it to us. But honestly, that's not always the case. There are more than a few who may have stolen their world-changing big idea from somebody else who had put in the hard work. We know that the dawn of the phone call came when Alexander Graham Bell reached out to his lab assistant via telephone and said, Mr. Watson, come here. I want to see you. That was the very first telephone call, or was it? It seems Bell got his name in lights after lifting a lot of his plans for the telephone from an Italian immigrant named Antonio Meucci, a guy he worked with at a lab in New York City years earlier. What, Alexander Graham Bell, a phony? Sorry about that. (laughs) Uh, Like any invention, there are a bunch of people who build pieces of the puzzle, but frequently one comes out as top dog and gets all the credit. In fairness now, Bell actually was really into sound and how the human brain processes it. It was fascinating to him since both his wife and his mother were deaf. So his motive was pure, but most history types agree he helped himself to somebody else's invention or maybe the inventions of two guys. Because in addition to Miucci, There were also claims that Bell stole the basics of a telephone patent from another guy named Elisha Gray. Word is Bell paid a clerk at the patent office a 100 bucks to show him what's called a patent caveat application filed by Gray before it was approved. Bell then went on to file his own application ahead of Gray's with pretty similar drawings. But the timing of Gray's claim doesn't really hold up since Bell also had some other drawings from a few years earlier that had the same principles at work. Actually, it was Miyuchi who was one of the most important real inventors of the telephone. He built and demonstrated a functioning phone in New York City over 15 years before Bell's so-called invention. And a lot earlier than Bell, 1871, he even filed his own patent caveat, which in those days you could do before you got your final patent. Now, here's where it gets uncomfortable for the folks on Team Bell. After Miyuchi's patent caveat expired a number of times and he renewed it, it seems he couldn't afford yet another $10 fee for another renewal. And he certainly couldn't afford the $250 for a real patent. So, his patent caveat lapsed. And that is when Bell swooped in. Not long after the last expiration, Bell filed for his own telephone patent with drawings that looked almost exactly like Meucci's from years earlier. When Meucci tried to sue, he reached out for proof to the lab where he'd been working years earlier and submitted his drawings and plans before it was sold to Western Union. But new owner, Western Union, told him all his plans and sketches had disappeared. And where was Alexander Graham Bell working when Meucci submitted those plans? You guessed it. He was working at that very same lab with him. Of course, in 1876, Bell got the first U.S. patent for the telephone. Now, Meucci continued with the lawsuit and in 1887, U.S. government actually withdrew Bell's patent but of course, Bell had the money to keep fighting back. Miyochi couldn't keep up. His lack of money and his kind of halting English made it kind of a lost cause, while Bell had the money and the backing of the now very successful Bell Company to pay his legal bills. So after a whole bunch of rulings, in Miyuchi's favor, by the way, the Bell Company took it all the way to the Supreme Court for a decision, and there they won. It didn't end well for Miyuchi, who two years after the Supreme Court loss died, broke, and got no credit. Now, on the upside, Miyuchi did get a slew of patents for things like sparkling drinks, coffee filters that we still use today, improved manufacturing for things like candles and fireworks, paper made from wood pulp, and a ton of other stuff, including chemicals used for preserving dead bodies. Yikes. But none of that stuff made him any money. You see... Some people are idea guys, and some are just really good at business. But Miucci finally got some credit for inventing the telephone long after he died. All the way in 2002, Congress finally recognized Miucci as the main inventor of the telephone, rather than Alexander Graham Bell. It was a battle fought by historians and Italian-American groups to get Miucci his due. It seemed like Congress had finally outed Bell as a bit of a thief, who became a multimillionaire and crazy famous by stealing another guy's work after he got access to the plans while working with him. But weirdly, that decision by Congress didn't really change the story told in most history books. As the saying goes, history is written by the victors. Oh, one more thing. You think this sort of thing could never happen today? Wrong. In fairness, there's often an inventor and then somebody else who knows how to make it a business. I mean, it happens all the time. Way more recently, you just have to take a look at Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, and the Winklevoss twins. Now, those twins created the forerunner to Facebook. Then at Harvard, they met Zuckerberg, who basically lifted it after they had hired him to simply build their website. It made Zuckerberg a billionaire, worth, at last check, just over $200 billion. But don't feel bad for the twins. Yeah, they lost Facebook and went on to lose a bundle in the explosion of cryptocurrency. But as of 2023, they're each still worth a little over $2 billion. So not start. I'm Patty Steele. The Backstory is a production of iHeartMedia Media and Steel Trap Productions. Our producer is Doug Fraser. Our executive producer is Steve Goldstein of Amplify Media. We're out with new episodes twice a week. Thanks for listening to The Backstory, the pieces of history you didn't know you needed to know. dot com. Right Rug Flooring.